Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up, our podcast starts now. All right, guys, Andre Chin here with the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. I've got my good friend and fellow realtor, Chris Knighton, the man, the myth, the legend out of Hamilton. <laughs> Chris, welcome. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you for having me, man. It's uh, it's always good to chat with you. Always. I love it. Always a pleasure. So, so, I mean, you did some incredible, incredible stuff in 2020 in this pandemic. <laughs> Let our listeners know how big of a rock star you are. I'm going to feed your ego here for at least uh, half of today. How big of a rock star I am or the people that I work with are because I don't feel like I did as much as I should have. But um, for our team, we're just, we just uh, surpassed $150 million in volume. We're at rate about 3.2 million in GCI. Um, 266 transactions pending and closed so far and we had our biggest month ever which we reached over 600k in gci in july which is i mean and if you look at it we have one two three four five six seven uh seven eight agents like that were through that entire thing so really proud that um, we actually lost people not lost people people moved we helped them move on to other opportunities because during the pandemic really saw i don't want to say their weaknesses but where they they wanted to kind of pursue so we were actually less in terms of the amount of people excuse me but in terms of agent production i believe this year we still are the highest producing per agent team in the nation which is what i'm most proud of highest and i have nothing to do with that because they did it you still are you still transactional or are you pretty well? Yeah, I did thirty-eight transactions this year. Slacker. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's incredible. Those those numbers are are absolutely mind blowing. How long have you been in real estate? Uh, in total, about seventeen years. In Canada, five. So five years in Canada, and and I mean, I'll probably get you to share the story at some point. So five years ago, you decided to start start this team. And you go from zero to 3.2 million in closed commission in five years. Yeah, uh, it was actually July 4th, 2016. So was it four and a half years ago? Yeah, because that was that was when we decided to start like hiring on people. And that's when I, I brought on some people that are still with me today, like Shannon Gibson and, and Justin Swicky, who they are our senior partners. Um, we have three senior partners right now. Um, and all, all, all three of them. Um, so senior partners for us are people that reach over 200,000 in GCI to themselves, like net income to themselves. And they, they act as our kind of leadership sounding board with our leadership team of myself, Valerie, who's my director of ops, Justin's our VP of buyer sales. And then, um, again, having Daniela and Shannon on there who they became senior partners this year. It's, um, yeah, I don't know how on that topic. So Wow. That's so, so, so to be a senior partner, you got to, you got to do 200 net to me as an agent, right? I'm on your team. I, I got to do 200 K to become a senior partner. What are the perks of being a senior partner? What do I get? Um, well, I bought them a nice gift that I'm going to have to share it. So <laughs> coming from, um, I just, I, I did this for them. Uh, uh, I bought sweet, 
uh, Mont Blanc pens are my favorite. So those are coming in next week, but they, um, well, they're part of our leadership and kind of, we are, we build an environment of leaders. So that's kind of implied, but they are in the process or they, they help us in the process of hiring, onboarding um, to really, I want their input. Um, also we, we basically, we're trying to get them so they have, have any cap to KW whatsoever, but right now we pay for half of their half cap. So they only pay like four grand to KW, which just means more money in their pocket at the end of the day. So right. yeah, that's, and we're, we're looking at other ways to, um, as we're, we, we started the prec, obviously, like I think everybody should in this business finally. So I'm looking at ways to, we actually, when we, we have our commissions coming through, we're actually setting aside 30% into an investment fund, which is going to go and help build wealth for not only our full-time employees, but for everybody as well on the team, but also senior partners. I want them to have like a, a vested interest in that. So when we're looking at properties and buying properties uh, within that fund, we get to have them benefit from it as well. Nice. Nice. Have you guys bought anything yet? Or is this, is this new? Is this one of the... No, it's new because everything of, I mean, we, we had it structured before with myself personally, then everything would flow to a management company. So that, you know, rate like $2 million in revenue to myself. I can't push all that out into expenses. I'm paying a shit ton in, in taxes. So we kind of move that into the management company, but now it's just all coming in and I can funnel money into different pools. And it's been like a month, but we already have, um, a good amount set aside for that. So this next year we're going to be doing that and kind of investing. I want to do that and also invest in, um, in the financial markets as well, because our, my returns are, they're giving the 80 to 90% return every year, which is great. Um, but I have to manage that. So I want to be able to find different ways to kind of grow the wealth for everyone in our team. That's really nice. I mean, goal. That's awesome. So how, how are you doing 256 units? Did I get that number right. Yeah. In total, let me see here. We're at 266, yeah. So, so how are you doing that? Like, I mean, are you guys still knocking on doors? Are you picking up the phones? Are you running an ISA department? Are you doing all of the above? Are you just buying leads? Like, what are you guys doing? All of the above. So um, this is our blue – oh, you guys know, you know blue motion strategies, right? I, so, I do, but maybe explain. We got lots of listeners that, that might have – Real simply um, – most people compete in a red ocean, which basically commoditizes your business, whether you're selling um, cell phones or you're selling, uh, well, just take the, the, the five big teams. Like we're number six in our board, right? You have uh, people I look up to, great people, Golfie, Wolcott, the Rocka sisters, Michael St. Jean and Rod Frank, all been around forever, all spend. They're in a red ocean of blood and just trying to fight over billboards. So people that don't know us, it's hilarious because they have all this brand recognition from external marketing sources. We have nothing, like nothing. So it goes, these five and then us. And people are like, how, the f how is this possible? It's because our blue ocean, and we may go into that, 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 that part of the external marketing eventually. However, right. we're building a business, a sustainable business for our people and our, our greater team. But our blue ocean is what is we're living by our mission. Our mission on our team is to build trust with our clients so that our clients can build better lives. And when we're doing that and actually I look at, um, can I, I'm not going to show it right now, but if you look at, so what happened in April, we only did nine deals in April, which was like break even ish. And I look at, we were like net income to the team was like, uh, it was like 62,000. Our, our expenses were around 60 grand. So we're basically break even before taxes. 
But what we did is we dove into our database. And so the next month we did 20 deals and then 22, and then we did 39 sales transactions in July. So we looked at that turnover of that three months between feeding to our database and building those relationships and building that trust, reaching out to people. Um, 79%, no, 79 deals of that 266 came from our existing sphere, repeat clients and referral because we dove in and really buckled down there. And again, I don't know if we were talking about this or was the conversation I was having before, but a sense of urgency when there isn't an immediate sense of urgency. You know what I mean? Um, even though there's a little fire in the corner, I want to act like the, the place is going to burn down. So we got to go and attack that fire, whatever it is. And that's the way we've been able to do it in my mind, because we've built relationships. We're not a transactional based uh, company, which again, sometimes is it's not the easy thing to do. However, it's how I think we've been able to have this um, exponential growth, which again, I would like to see it a lot bigger, but looking at the numbers, it's pretty makes me proud because we've actually built into our uh, bought into our team mission, which is building trust with clients. So our clients can build better lives. And that in turn starts to build on itself. We have what's called a wildfire model where one deal turns into more and that kind of continues to grow from there because we do work together as true team members on the listing and buying side where I think a lot of the trap, which is easy to get trapped into, including for myself, it's like, Hey, I can go buy more leads and I can do this and do marketing. But lead generation is only one part of it, whether it's marketing, uh, inbound, or, or, or outbound lead generation. But if you don't have that follow-up and that trust for, especially during, when times of strife or times of hard times, people will turn to people they trust. And one of the most amazing quotes that we heard from somebody that came, um, Peter Persetto was a good friend of mine. Um, he came on one of our calls and he said, it's not, why did you get that listing? Or how did you get that buyer? How'd you get that deal? It's when did you create that relationship? And that's what we buy into is like, when do you create that relationship? Because I still have people in my database that immediate ROI, people might look at it and be like, why are you wasting your time with those follow-up calls? They've never transacted. They're not going to. I'm not following up with my mission of building trust if I'm just talking to those people only for a transaction. I'm trying to build trust and educate. And from there, it's amazing how much more can spawn from that. So, so you guys are effectively putting deposits into the relationship bank so that at some point it, it yields a return on it. Absolutely. And that's, we always talk about all the time. Like this is, I, when I go back to, I was telling people about the, um, the MRA book when Gary's like uh, talking to a guy and he's like, I don't work for money. The guy's like, we talk about your billionaire. And he's like, well, I don't work for money. I be the best version of myself and provide the most value I can to the people that I touch. And I get paid in direct proportion to the services or value I provide. Again, very hard because that's a long-term view. And I appreciate you saying that's great. We've done that in four and a half years. But for me, it's like, it's painstakingly slow. Like my goal is to be the first to a thousand in our board. I want to get to 10,000. I want to be number one in the world, which we will just going to take time because I think we're doing things differently because it is, it's a foundational thing where I say we dig down first. Like our foundation is so huge. So before we start layering on, external like thousands of leads coming through yeah we have seo leads and stuff we pay for um but the bulk of our business comes from i don't care if we do mojo like a cold calling if we door knock if you have sphere facebook all that's great it's how do you put those people into a database to systematically follow up with them and to build that relationship because again lead gen number one job but i always say of our model it's our night and integrated success model your jobs two and three 
in between follow up and setting uh, booking appointments, that's your business. Because I see so many people that do so much, so much lead gen. I'm like, amazing. How many people in your database? Twelve thousand. Awesome. How are you connecting those people on a monthly or quarterly or daily level? And they're like, oh, I don't. Right. That's just my thing is the follow up and building relationships. When you're dealing with somebody's largest asset, they've usually ever purchased or the important, most important investment they've ever made for themselves and their families. Man, it doesn't come just like that. And it's, it's not a, we're not a, I don't think we'll ever be commoditized as a, as an industry because it's, it's such an important decision. Now, now when you look at, at sort of your follow-up system and, and you're going through these, these connections, how often are you talking to your database? Like you guys weekly, daily, how, how often do you guys? Are- well, it's, it's a daily conversation with those people. We are one, um, if you look at, our relationship building square it's what we base everything off of it's if i gotta have, pause you you know what i love about you you got a name for fucking everything you do <laughs> <laughs> the night and follow-up system the relationship square the this. <laughs> it's but it's and it's honestly it's i'm an organizational nerd and when you have those things you can like i tell people like if you get the right people that buy into the shit that works and like oh there's this new lead generation platform is like, perfect it's amazing all that does is feed into the foundational models that we have. And it's funny because I do, and I name everything. I'm such an organizational I love to know what's happened. That we can say, like, like our ovation model, which is, again, I can get that later on. That's the foundation of what we run everything up. And our relationship building square is you connect that person. Say it's an open house. You meet with that person. You directly put them in the database right away. You follow up with them before the, the end of the day with a phone call. Thank them. Then the other side of that is you send out an email. You make sure everything's correct, their information. Send out an email with an item of value. So you're providing value before asking for anything. Then you send out a handwritten note card with a few of your business cards. The last thing is you need to set a reminder then to follow up with them. Because I've had, I say it all the time. I had, when I first went back to Canada, I had people pissed off at me at, at our brokerage. They're like, Chris, that was my client. And I'm like, oh my God, they didn't mention anything about you. I am so sorry. And I was like really naive. I'm like, oh, fuck. I, man, I didn't mean to. Yeah, and there was one woman that was really, really mad at me. I won't name any names. I don't think she's with the broker anymore. But um, she's like, I, I knew these people that came in my open house, and we had the best conversation. I had a, a appointment to follow up with them on Friday, and when I talked to them, they said they'd already listed with you, and they're putting an offer in tonight. And she was pissed, and I'm like, oh, my first thing is I'm a high. I want everybody to like me, right? So I'm like, please, to like me. And um, but then I realized I'm like. By the time she had a great conversation, and this is like 2016, the market was start, starting to get hot, so we did amazing open houses, but she did a good one as well. That person, she met with them, had a great conversation, and her, her mind was like, this is amazing, a future client. So from Saturday, I think it was, until Friday, she didn't talk to him once. So met uh, Saturday, the previous week, and she's like, I'll give you a call, we'll get everything set up, I'm looking forward to working with you. Follow up on Friday, in her mind, she was following up in her system. But I look at him like, Okay, I met him. As soon as it was the uh, open house was done, I called, put him in the database, thanked him for coming. So I met him face to face. I called him. I said, "Oh, I'm going to send you over that uh, market report on your property." I sent that to him that day. He read it over, and I could see when he opened it up. Then on Tuesday, he got a handwritten note card from me because I was going to do that, and I knew he wanted to do something. So I, I set the appointment bef- uh, that day for it was for thursday so met him face to face sent an email with value called him said he got a note card in the mail two days before we met then when i sat down i put a reminder to call him follow up before 
the meeting, met with them, signed everything. He's like, actually, I like this property. I want to put an offer on. So I had eight touch points before she, she decided to call. Yeah, before she called him back. So that was just, again, that urgency of like, if somebody's, if I didn't provide value, he wouldn't have used me. However, he was like, and then by the time he got back to it, he didn't even really remember her. And he knew her from before. He's like, oh yeah, I, I forgot. I met with you as well. So excuse me, that, that urgency of that relationship building squares. Well, we, we stole it. I'll tell you. Like I have it. I have a copy of it. I've taken it. I've tweaked it. It's no longer called the night in relationship square. It's <laughs> relationship. So for any of my guys that are listening, if you want to know why I give you gears for not using it, it's because it came from Chris. But we, we implemented it because you gave it to me, I believe in, in 17. I think we met and, and you shared it with me. I was like, this is a lot. And, and we tweaked it a bit. And I think we went, we added in, I think, an extra touch on the Monday. I think you went to the Tuesday, and I was like, yeah. screw that. If Chris is talking to them on Tuesday, I want to talk to them on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we threw it in, and, and you're right, it works. And, and so our guys were converting at a really high level with, with that same system and that same model. And to your point, it's the follow-up. Absolutely. It, it all lies in the follow-up. So you can, have, you can have a million leads coming to this. Pay for these leads. Pay for that lead. You can have this coming through. Great. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You can't have a click funnel that's going to help somebody purchase their largest asset or sell their largest asset they've ever owned. The most important thing, because I think people are looking at this business too much as a commoditization or a commodity, or I'm trying to sell a cell phone and click funnels are great and everything, but you can get data. But if you don't do anything with that data or that follow up, you've literally done nothing to build that relationship. Well, and, and I love that you said that. Steph and I were, were working on something today. And Steph, Steph's one of our senior partners, similar, similar to what you're doing. And we, um, I, I said, let's, let's look at the oldest lead that hasn't been called. We just found one from 2014. A guy that's been in our database, in, in someone's database. I'm not going to name who on the team. If you're listening, you know who you are. 2014. I was like, that's the oldest lead. And, and they haven't called this person, texted this person, or emailed them since 2014. Oh, my God. I'm going to put a bet on it that that person has done two real estate transactions in that time. We're going to get a hold of them today. That's, that's the goal. We're going to track this person down. Um, and, and I'm guaranteed, guaranteed two transactions have been done with this person. And I got a, a, a gut wrenching story too. So we hired on, we started an impact sales team, not inside sales, but like impact sales team that they're running it like as a separate business within our business because the agents are actually the customers of the team. We're still working together, right. but just to have that mindset. And within the first three weeks, they brought out 26 people that transacted, not including uh, referrals and everything. So our average commission is $14,000. So 26 times 14,000, that's $364,000 of missed GCI. Bah, bah, bah. Ah, 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 right to the groin. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sucks right and and if, oh if you're listening God. and you aren't tracking your business what chris and i have done is there's you know we're looking at every every single piece of our business that we can find that data and know how much money we're leaving on the table i find a lot of realtors aren't even doing that like they're not tracking they have no idea they don't even know their gci how much you make this year i don't know two something and they have no idea where their business is coming from what are you guys doing i mean i see your whiteboard behind you there You've got a multitude of things. Are you tracking every single piece of your business? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can show you this. Um, so everything from our, let's see. So let me try to show you this on my massive 
freaking screen here. So, like with our thirty-two inch TV that you got, uh, you're looking off of there. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so if I'm, <laughs> yeah, I do. That's so. Our big thing is like tracking for me. That's why I said you were asking me beforehand. Like, why would you? Why wouldn't you send? Why don't you let somebody else do that? Make that tracking sheet for you. And I said because for me trying to show what I want, like I, I can do this myself and it lets me, um, it allows me to view everything I want. So I have my, my overview here. I don't know if I'm going to block what people are making, but I can see every single thing between my, uh, my cost of sale, commission splits, uh, overall view here. Um, this is a little bit older, but kind of seeing where my GCI is coming from at, per month and then also seeing closings. But every single month I get to, basically it's going to be really small there find out where everything comes from so I can track where deals are coming from, how much is pending, how much is um, where each agent is really excelling at. And then we do this on a high level with tracking our, our lead generation and our, our coaching with our clients as well. So understand where every single lead comes from, what my cost of sale is every single month. Um, listing GCI from, uh, I'm sorry, team net listing GCI. So I can see like in September, our listing GCI. So our buyer GCI was 177. Our listing GCI was 152. However, I can say or see that my team, like what comes to our business was 111 on the listing side, even though we did less overall GCI, it was 111 compared to 84. So I can see that difference in uh, percentages. And the craziest thing, which, which I've done is take this, sorry, I'm going to do this. This is all nerdy stuff, but I've totally, this was I said, I spent 46 hours on last week. I've been able to anything where there's uh, outside metrics I want to look at, I can see everything at all times, like average price, average commission, and breaking down between listing and buying side. Um, then average to our business because at the end of the day, we want to make sure our clients, I mean, our agents are very profitable and have a great productive business. However, that means nothing if we don't as a team because we're the ones that are supporting them, putting all the, the business piece or the systems behind it. So really just understanding at a high level what we can, what we've done. And the big thing I like to look at, again, this is probably really nerdy for everybody. However, I like to look at where are we at year over year and when we're looking with our team members, I don't know if you can see this, but yep. we can see our projections. Our projection was for 300, uh, sorry, for 3 million in GCI right now. And this isn't updated for December, obviously, but we're at 3.1, just under 3.2. And then last year, this time we were at 2.1 with the same amount of people. So we can say like how much more productive were we and then be able to present that to our agents so that they are tracking their business at a high level. And what I've done is actually I've, as part of last week as well was I developed personal tracking sheets for them that are like this, but like not with all the team stuff, but for them personally, all they need to do is put in their deals and they have metrics that real time data of what's happening, where their business is coming from and how close they are to their goals. So it's been one of those things where that's kind of like my passion is to make sure that they understand their business at a high level because the more they understand their business, the bigger we can expand and grow ours. And they say jocks can't be nerds too, right? <laughs> no, I'm the biggest nerd in the world, man. It's hilarious. 
I love it. Hockey player turned nerd. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was a nerd before I was a hockey player. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's cool, man. Thanks for sharing. And and I mean, for for those of you that are listening, what what Chris is basically saying is track everything. Doesn't matter what it is. Track it. Build metrics around it so you can scale it and you actually get a business. Chris, one of the things I I mean. You and I have had interactions over the last five years pretty consistently. I think I, I kind of keep chasing you and, and saying, hey, let me in. I'm going to be a part of your world. But before that, you were in the States. You've already been through, I mean, you, you went through the recession. Um, and we talked about that at one point in time. And now you're going through a global pandemic. And I think you won in both of those. Um, best year ever for the team, I think, was this year. And when you, when you went back through this in 07, 08, what's, where's that grit coming from? Um, stubbornness, just, I fucking hate losing. And, uh, here's, so, and grit, um, if you ever listen to Angela, the, the, the lady, I was gonna say chick, the woman who, uh, wrote that. Angela Duckworth, I think is, is Duckworth, her name. that's it, yeah. I, I knew a guy named Bart Duckworth once. <laughs> Bob Duckworth. Um, he was a lawyer. Um, Oh, and if you listen to her, it's so grit has two two factors, and this is where I try to get my my children and everybody around me to really understand. Like, you can just go go and do the same thing over and over again and just be a glutton for punishment. Um, but grit really comes down to you're okay with getting back up. Now it sucks during the time. Like it's it it's the worst. I tell everybody the recession was the worst and best time of my life because if you get to go through those things and you kind of come up the other side and you can understand it, it puts your brain in a different way that you can, you get back up. But then the, she said, the second part of that is be okay and get your ego away and just keep going to kind of learn, but be able to remove yourself from that experience and learn and adjust from there. And it comes back to what is your best resource? It's being resourceful. And if you can be resourceful and figure that out, it's not just like, I'm going to keep doing it. Like I'm going to try to keep, think of the fly in the window, right? The fly's never, just keep banging its head against the wall, which keeping doing it is going to be, you know, it's going to have grit in that one perspective, continue to keep doing it. However, eventually it's going to die. Right. If you can remove yourself from that and see a different path and learn and grow from there, it puts you in a better perspective to say, like, that fucking hurt. That sucked. And guess what? That happens again. I'll give you an example. So, um, I trade, uh, Tesla quite a bit. That's basically where I've been able to get like, and again, this is not financial advice whatsoever, but I had like, I a huge, disclaimer. Do not yeah. invest in what Chris invests in. Well, so this morning, like yesterday I had a, a huge dip and I lost, like, this is real. It's my own little, just play fun investment camp. I lost $54,000 overnight. Right. And I'm like, oh. So, uh, get rid of everything close up position i want to stop losing however i thought to myself and i literally said this while i'm looking at myself and we're doing affirmations like let's see what you're fucking made of you tell everybody to go through whatever and i was like oh my god because all i want to do is get away from that bad feeling Ugh, i'll right. take the fifty thousand dollar loss then said if you believe in something you can learn and you've done this before because i've done that and i've closed out positions and i see what happens on the back end i'm like why would I have done that? So really understanding that you've been there before and then it's obviously shifted back up. And again, to have that, not the balls, but like having the guts to, to go and look at something and face it 
get knocked down, get back up, but then be able to learn and take that as a learning opportunity because nobody's ever winning all the time. Greatest hockey player in the world would be, let's say, Wayne Gretzky. Would you want him on your NHL hockey team right now? I'd say yes. Well, I mean, like an NHL hockey team. No, he's a 54-year-old. You know. <laughs> no, no, not on an NHL hockey team, no. I take him in, in my pickup league for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, and it's a, a great thing. So like if you're – take someone like um, – would you want Michael Jordan, one of the most amazing athletes in the world, a uh, great leader and everything, even at his prime, would you want him on your hockey team? No, because guy can't, probably can't skate, right? So that's understanding that I think people get wrapped up in their own like, oh, this sucked, and it's – it's your ego like it feels bad right but nobody's awesome at everything all the time and if you just continue to push forward you will continue to be better whatever it is so that's not a weird tangent but that's uh i think grit is the most amazing thing if you do it the right way and if you can be resourceful to just figure something uh, montana she was like i was showing her something we did a new spreadsheet for a a new payout system we have coming into the new prec i really just did it for right there in about a half an hour she's like how did you learn how to do that? And I'm like, just did it over like the last 25 years. Again, I probably played on Excel more than anybody in the world. However, no formal training, but just do it and be are res- being resourceful. You figure out how to do things. Right. I get, I get that. So, so we've had, I mean, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to something um, before we close today, but we've had a ton of people come on and talk expansion, talk about going to different cities, et cetera, et cetera. And I know you've, you've always said to me, I'm not going to expand yet. Still, still the the message. You ain't going anywhere. You're gonna take as much as you can out of out of Rav. I know, I know, and I, I know you you expand. I really expand. My whole thing is, I don't have a fucking business yet. I have a four and a half year cool little small business that has literally just started to build a decent foundation. And if I look at, uh, yeah, we've done almost 300 deals. Great. That's less than one percent of market share in where I am right now. And if I look, if I want to build true momentum and gravity around a business. Um, I'm not going to go and expand somewhere if we haven't even built the systems and models that are going to help us continually build what we have here. 2018 was a really difficult year. Most people would say it's not, but from where our growth, our, um, where our projections were, it was great. We had a down year. It was really like one of those things because people were trying to get me to expand and want you to do all this. And I'm like, we're not ready. And the fact that we didn't really, I felt not proud, but I felt, um, you never know if you're making the right decision. I make a decision. I go with it. I tell everybody, I don't know if what I'm doing is right. But my perspective is if I'd have done that and been undercapitalized to and underprepared with systems, models, people, and tools to make sure that that's succeeding, I'm not doing, first of all, I'm not doing myself justice. I'm also not providing the best. Again, back to Gary Keller, I'm not providing the best service or value possible to other people. So I'm not going to get paid. I'm going to be paid in direct proportion to the services I provide or value. If I don't feel I'm going to give the best value, um, I want to build a foundation of where even like our onboarding system, it's still shit. Like we're, we're still working on it. Right. So we're really building those models to grow exponentially. And if we build organically first and building on the foundational models that we believe in, which is our big wise and our, our mission, vision, value for our team, that allows us to continually grow with what we have right here. And then when we're ready, that's where that expansion will come from because we'll have everything set in place that it makes the most sense. So I don't think we've, we've, you know, you're looking at your 10 year business um, cycle. We're almost halfway through that and we've had some great success, but guess what? 
going back to what happened during the recession, I said, we're not laying anybody off. If I need to reinvest back in the business, great. I'm very fortunate that I'm very well capitalized personally, but also in the business. So that if we didn't do make a commission for a year, we wouldn't have to lay anybody off. We'd still have people in place to push forward. Where I saw a lot of people too undercapitalized, like spread too thin, and they had to kind of take stuff off off the plate with marketing people, and we just pushed forward. So eventually, yeah, but we haven't. I mean, we're like still. I say we're, we're like a can, you know, the kangaroo when it's a baby, it's like this big, it's in the mother's pouch. We're not even looking out of the pouch yet. You know what I mean? We're still working on getting our shit together. <laughs> so. You were saying for everything. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> just, you guys can't see Chris right now, but he is literally doing the pouch thing. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's what we are. We're about halfway through our 10 year cycle. And the goal is to, uh, we should be able to do three, three to 5,000 transactions just in the Golden Horseshoe Niagara area, which does not need expansion. Uh, we need a bigger building. Right. So if anybody knows any commercial properties, that would be a good fit for 50 some odd agents. That'd be great. But yeah, that, that's my, and then I always tell, um, uh, I, I tell everybody, like, I might talk to, I used to talk to Shaba about his expansion. I talked to Sam, talked to you, um, a bunch of people where I'm like, I don't know. This is just my thoughts and I'm going to go through that. I try not to look at what anybody else is doing because I don't want that to influence what my core values are and whether it's right or wrong. There's 10 different ways, a million different ways to run this business. And for me, it's like, this is my thoughts and I go with what I feel is right and try not to, I don't pay, I don't pay attention to anybody else, but like that may sound narcissistic. Not that I don't care about anybody else, but what you do or somebody else does has nothing to do with the way that I run our business because we're founded on a, uh, a mission, vision, value that guides every single decision I make. Right. Makes it easy. I'm not smart enough to make to work on my feet. Fair enough. You, you talk yourself down more than you should, but I mean, <laughs> just circling back, um, what, one kind of last thing, and, and I know people are wondering, okay, so you're talking about the database and follow, follow, follow. You gotta build a database. You're a master at farming. Are you guys still farming? So people see that and I appreciate it. Like when I, as an individual agent, it was, so when I came back to Canada, there was an, I purposely built my house in the highest dollar, highest turnover um, in Golden, not Golden Horseshoe, in like Hamilton, Stony Creek, right? Your family um, know that? They, they you specifically targeted a neighborhood and that's where you- Well, I said, I want to build the nicest house, like the the prettiest house in an area. And that's going to be great dollar value and lots of turnover. So I did research, not going to lie. Yes, yeah. that was for both. Because I worked- because really what I want to do my ultimate goal when I came back was like I was basically I was basically retired, but I was kind of like retired at 30, right? And I decided to this, let's blow everything up so I can come back to Canada and start from scratch and work literally 16 to yeah, about 16 hours a day for first year, right? Um, but when I did that, it was I wanted to take over here because I wanted to work from home. I specifically built our house, nice office, and then I had kids and realized how useless that door was. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I said, I wanted to work from home and I wanted to make my goal. I want to make half a million bucks a year, not work too hard and not travel. So I want to build a walk and I love 50 point area where we are. And so I just, I would call and door knock and send out shit every day. That's all I did. That's I didn't, I didn't venture outside of that too much. Now we're 
kind of all over, right? But for the most part, like that's all I did. And people hated me because like the agents in there, like they hated me. It was great because when I first started door knocking, I remember it was December 2014. Like I literally just got my license. And then I was knocked, freezing my ass off. And people were like, oh, it's very nice of you, uh, young man. Because I looked, I looked a lot younger a few years ago. I didn't have white hair. I didn't have as many. I didn't have children. Um, but they, uh, they'd always be like, uh, thank you, but good luck. But there's, there's a team here that just kind of, they, they take over this area. You probably want to go somewhere else. I'm like, thank you very much. And then I put a goal in place with the guy who was helping me build my house. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to take over, do this many deals in this area. And he's like, you want to be realistic. But no, that's, that's, I'm going to be doing it. He's like, sure. And then six months later, I was number one team, but it was just me. It was, it was Chris. Um, I didn't even have an assistant at the time. And the first year we did like um, under contract, like 72 deals. And I think 50 of those were in our, that subdivision where I was at. And people, here's the thing, people are like all happy. Like, oh my God, this new guy, he's amazing. He's doing all this stuff. He's working really hard. Second year is like, okay. Third year, it was like, haters come out of nowhere. Like, you know, when you get like too successful. Yep. And then, so then we had the 2018, we kind of said, fuck it, just keep moving forward. And um, yeah. So when you, if I'm farming somewhere, it's just doing it every single day and being specific on where you, where are you doing it? What, what are you telling people to to agents that are listening that are, you know, maybe successful, maybe not, doesn't matter, but they want to get to your level of, of success. What, do you, what are you sharing with them? What are you telling them right now? In terms of what? I don't know, man. The world's your oyster. What would you say? I'm coming to you I mean, outside of when you told me I was selfish. Didn't like you for a little bit after that one, but outside of, outside of hey, stop being selfish, get your shit together. What do you say to an agent who wants to, to, to chase Chris Knighton and get to that, that 3.2 million in GCI or 10 million in GCI that you're eventually going to get to. I'd say what's, what's success to you. Okay. And then say, cause if it's success is, is just money, it'd be like, it's the stupidest thing in the world because I mean, it's great. Money's fantastic. I'd rather have a lot more than a lot less. However, I would ask what, what's important to you. And then I would ask like, okay, where do you have a written, I had, you see, Oh, sorry. This is our success system right here. And I've taught on that. If you go to nightandsuccesssystem.com, you can see my video I did for the pro development thing here. But everything starts over here with the, you know, be, do, have, and all that stuff. But if you look at what's your why, what's your mission, vision, value, do you have a one, three, five, and a four, one, one? And then underneath that is goals because you should tie your goals to who you are. And, and again, the foundational models of with the business, it's yourself. If you don't have a, Something's going to anchor you, and this is just my thoughts, but if you know something's going to anchor you to why you're doing something, not even like the cliche, start with why, which is not a cliche, but if I don't have a why, it's my kids, or it's my wife, or something that's bigger than anything you can think of, and what's going to drive you through shit times, through good times, and help you stay in line with your ethics, it's going to help you. So the first thing I would say is, why are you doing this? Who are you? If you don't understand who you are, even if you have great success, guess what? You're going to be coming back around. If you can see this, it goes from the be, do, and then the have. And then it, the other one flows right back around. And you get to readjust your, your why, your mission, vision, value, your one, three, five, four, one goals. And when I tell a lot of people that, people that want to join my team, like, I want to make a million bucks. I'm like, great. Let's start with this. Most people are like, 
I just want to do deals. I'm like, it's, I've done that. It doesn't work. Oh, it, it does. You can do that. But so I would always ask people and the people that we have, we've attracted because, you know, I don't do any, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, recruiting. I've never recruited. But we naturally attract people that fit within that because I think we live by our mission every single day. Myself personally, I try to. Um, and that attracts those people because we have a very strong why mission value with the organization plus myself. And if we live by that, we attract the things around us that we become. Does that make sense? So again, not the, everyone says like, what's the secret? What would you do? I'd be like, that would be my first thing. And then you can teach anything on that. Like sales is, you know, it's that sales is simple. It's not easy. No one does. Simple I would say it's easy. It's, it's easy. It's not hard. That's my new thing. It's easy. However, if you have foundational stuff, so most people when I, 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 they come to me for advice or if I coach or whatever, they want to see what's, what do we do to do deals? And like, it starts foundationally first. Yeah. Okay. Easy so, as hell. Get, get your foundation together, figure out where you want to go, put a plan together, heard, heard one, three, five in there, and then build it up from there. Absolutely. And that the goals, if you see this, your goal is your last thing because your your why and your one three five and your mission and your four one one, which is the most important thing that we use as a tool, that all filters into your goals because it's not your goals and then that. It's who am I? What do I want to do? And how do I do it? Okay, I love it. Mic drop. Mike, yeah, I dropped my pencil. Right <laughs> That's awesome, Chris. Thank, thank you so much. And uh, how, how do we get a hold of you? I mean, I heard you say you coach. I know, I know you're gonna have people that want to reach out to you, connect with you. Are you social media, phone, text, email? How do we get a hold of you? I am a social media whore. You can reach out to me that way. Um, no, you can Chris at Night in Real Estate. It's probably the best way. My number is 905-515-1276. And a lot of times when people call and they're like, "Oh shit, this is actually Chris," I'm like, "Yeah." We gave him my number. I'm not going to have some uh, somebody else. That's my personal cell phone. Um, yeah, man, I love my mission is my written down mission is to be the best version of myself every single day. So I can show up hundred percent to everybody I touch so they can help. I can help them live their best lives personally, personally, spiritually, financially in their business. So that helps me live out my mission when people call me. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. When we're sitting down, I mean, we're, we're going to be doing this probably again next year, probably around this time. What have, what have you accomplished? What What is 2021 going to be for Knighton Real Estate Advisors? It's going to be hopefully a new building. I hope so we can fit everybody in one roof or that's a different conversation. Um, our impact sales team will be at four people. We'll be providing a significant increase in our business. And excuse me, we are going to have four full-time listing specialists um, 12 full-time buyer specialists. My biggest concern and my biggest foundational piece of that is to have a great onboarding process so that when the people come in that we love, we're going to be doing a, a quarterly, basically, um, a class every, like uh, our first two, 2021 class is coming to this four people. Right. So Q1 2021, like when did you come, what was your class? We want to be able to have that. And, um, we're going to be at 4 million in, in, um, GCI 325 in deals. And honestly, just my big thing is if we're living out our mission every day, which again, sounds cheesy, but it's not like, it's not like winning once. Cause like, I don't want to win one time. I want to, I tell all the time I could hire 30 people right now. We could be number one in our board. I could be the first person to do a thousand. It does not, does not, doesn't live within our mission, right? I'm not providing that value just for one time, get there and then have a breakdown and 
build it back up again. I want to build something that's can take the weight of everything that we're doing and the bigger foundation we have, the better it'll be. I love it. Oh, yep. Oh, can you still hear me? I put the thing all the way over there. Oh, yeah. No, we hear you good. We hear you good. Well, well thank Chris, thank you. Abe, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing sort of your growth path, where you're headed, what you've done. Uh, like I said, we, we'd love to have you back um, probably around this time next year to kind of see what's changed. In all the years I've known you, you you've stuck to this, you know, I'm going to live my mission thing. And you haven't deviated from it, which is, which is really cool. Next year will be the year. I'll be like 40 pounds overweight, broke, bankrupt, divorced. Kids hate me. That's Never going to happen. Never going to happen. But, oh. but I love it. And, and thank you. Thank you for sharing. So, guys, Honor Chin Real Estate Hustle Podcast, Chris Knighton. You can track Chris down. He, he's giving you his number, his email, his Twitter, his Instagram, his Facebook. He's all over the place. You can find us everywhere as well. Uh, realestatehustlepodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Music. Chris, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate you being with us today. Thanks, brother.